1450 KMMS. Good morning. I'm Mark Allen. Appreciate you being here. 20 minutes away from 9. Monday morning. Carl Graham with us, as always. Good morning, Carl. Good morning. What's going on, buddy? Just another lovely day in paradise. Let's pre-promote next Monday. Next Monday, you're yeah, going to have your special guest in here? Yeah, we're, uh, we're on the phone. Is he going to uh, be? They'll be on the phone. On the phone, okay. Yeah, and we haven't confirmed who it is yet, but okay. we'll go from our regular 840 to 930. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll be talking about Medicaid expansion. And uh, I'm working on, I haven't confirmed who it is, but I've confirmed that it'll be somebody okay. uh, from Heritage Foundation. They've done a lot of good work on Medicaid expansion, and we'll talk about why that's not necessarily a good idea. And, and in fact, it's not a good idea at all. If you read the newspaper, uh, all of the newspapers in the state uh, pretty much have come out, not all of them, but most of the dailies have come out with editorials recently saying, yes, we should expand Medicaid. It's free money. Mm-hmm. It's not free money. It's uh, First of all, it, that money costs us a lot of money, and it also costs us a lot of freedom and flexibility and, uh, and state sovereignty, really, the, the right to take care of our own. Right. Uh, we give that up piece by piece, just like we give up the right to educate our kids the way we want, the way that... Uh, we manage our lands the way we want. We give those things up piece by piece, and mm-hmm. there's a cost to that. It's unsustainable. It's going to end up doing a lot more harm to the population it's supposed to help than good, and we'll explain all of that next Very good. week. That'll be a good show. Cool. Today? Today we're going to talk about fairness. Uh, you were talking uh, earlier. It was kind of a coincidence or kind of funny. I was listening to you, and you were talking about the tax rates, who, what, right. what segments pay, what percentage of taxes, and all that. And I was sitting here reading a book that I'll talk about, or going through it at the same time, kind of scribbling down some notes for today's show and that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's about and and so we one of the themes that I that I keep stressing um, on all of these shows is I try to make I try to basically give people arguments to, in their that you can use in your everyday lives whether it's at the restaurant or the workplace with your family whatever that you can just use that are common sense arguments against government expansion pro freedom pro individual rights uh, federalism the states uh, states rights and that sort of thing right. um, but not not esoteric things not things that you have to go back and take a course on the Constitution understand, not something you have to be an economist to understand, just some basic decent arguments that make sense and are correct besides, uh, which is nice. It's not always there, but it's nice to have. Uh, And so today um, we hear a lot about fairness. President Obama and a lot of folks on the left talk about the fairness, uh, the unfairness of our economic system where you have the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, which is absolutely false. The rich are getting richer, and so are the poor. Uh, if you look at the at the numbers, uh, all income levels have risen, and quality of lives, quality of life has risen for all income levels, and life expectancy has risen for all income levels, um, and so. Um, this idea that we have to bring down one segment of society, that we have this fixed pie where there's always winners and losers as opposed to everybody can win is, is a notion that we've just got to get past with a lot of folks. Now, some folks we won't, but we want to get past it with with clear-thinking people. Certainly, we want them to, to understand that. So what what you hear is that the, the goal of society, uh, you hear a lot of times, is equal outcomes, a guarantee of equal outcomes, and we just can't do that. It's, it's not possible and do that and maintain any kind of freedom because we're all endowed with different attributes. The opposite, uh, the, just the exact opposite of fairness and justice is to impose equal outcomes. You, you, you're, we're not going to force beautiful people to wear ugly masks or, or punish strong people by making them carry heavy weights around or deprive uh, athletes
traits of their talents. Uh, I'm never going to be an NBA star. I never was going to be an NBA star. Golly, that's not fair, but that's the way it is. If you want to enjoy basketball, you don't want to see people like me playing it, <laughs> no matter how hard I try. So so why, if, if it's unfair to, to force beautiful people to wear ugly masks or athletes to, to, to not use their talents or strong people to carry weights around or whatever, if that's not fair, why is it fair to deprive risk takers, hard workers, people who are more productive of, of what they produce just to make them equal to those who have worked less, taken fewer risks, or even just aren't graced with the same talents. Mm-hmm. That's not fair at all. And it's also not a free society that does that. Uh, the, the middle class and, it, and the, the other idea is that you're doing that thinking that you have a fixed pie that you can't expand, that, every, that again, there's a loser for every winner. But mm-hmm. the middle class or, or anybody else is no worse off because Bill Gates and Stephen Jobs became billionaires. In fact, the middle class is much better off, infinitely better off, because Steve Jobs and Bill Gates became billionaires and brought PCs and apples to the market, brought that type that, that, that huge, led the, uh, the huge explosion in productivity that came yeah, with that the personal computer. Away from you and took I. Nothing, took absolutely nothing out right. of our pocket right. and in fact made our lives much, much better. Right. And the fact that they became billionaires in the process is icing on the cake. And by the way, a lot of other people got rich well, because true. of what right. they did too. Right. Right. Uh, their partners, their employees, people who write apps on for iPhones mm-hmm. uh, or for Google, uh, Android or whatever, those all they, those people are all better off too because right. of what those guys did. So the, the goal of equal incomes is really just to make everybody poorer because if there's no incentive for Bill Gates and Steve Jobs to to excel, then everybody is worse off. But did they they didn't excel for the money though? No, they excelled. They got rich. Well, well, they in spite of what they did. There, there are people <laughs> who are going to be driven no matter what. Right. But at the margins, and I think it's a pretty wide margin, there are people who won't. We talked about this just before yeah, the show, yeah. that marginal amount that you get. Right. You're, you don't base your decision on whether to work an extra 10 hours a day just because. or whether to risk your house and everything you own on, a, on an invention you have yeah. based on what you're making in your job right now. Right. You, you make those decisions based on what you think you're going to get for it. And if, and if you're taxed at 90% of what you're going to get for that marginal dollar for taking that risk, you're right. probably not going to take that risk right. it doesn't matter how driven you are yeah, uh, sure. so so that's it and again everybody is poorer because of that because you yeah. don't take that risk because you don't work that extra hour because you don't use your talents if that's what it is mm-hmm. um, everybody is worse off because we don't get the benefit of those things and again it shows that zero-sum view of the world but the economy is not zero-sum the economy can grow it also shows a victim mentality I think a lot of people who believe in this it's basically avarice or not avarice it's the opposite it's jealousy uh, it's envy that drives a lot of this it says it's not enough that I win everybody else must lose or conversely, if I lose, it's got to be somebody else's fault, so somebody's got to be punished. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to be punished? The rich. It must be their fault. They, they don't earn. They didn't earn what they got, or, or not even the rich, just the well-off. Yeah. Didn't earn what they have, certainly. Otherwise, if it was possible, I'd have done it by now. And so they've got to be punished, and we've got to level the playing field. We've got to equalize the outcomes. And again, everybody's worse off. The producer mentality, on the other hand, looks for opportunities. They see challenges as opportunities. They don't see challenges as as things thrown in the road mm-hmm. in an unfair way, and they realize the pie can expand. Again, Jake Gates and Jobs increased the, the size of the economic pie. They didn't take anything away from anybody else. They made the pie larger so everybody could have more, or at least a lot of people could have more, and everybody could be better off. Better off. And what comes out of this is this myth that the left, the, the redistributors, 
the the caring compassionate left it's it, it comes out of that they're more compassionate than the right and we often way too often we surrender that moral high ground when we argue argue for free enterprise and that there should be winners we're, we're almost ashamed to say that there should be rich people that there should be winners and and conversely there's going to be some losers yeah. as well and and everyone should have a shot at being a winner is our is our argument that's our moral argument so the left, for the left, oftentimes I give them the benefit of the doubt. Their hearts in the right is in the right place, but they cause real harm if their goal is to achieve financial independence for the board, for the poor. Good intentions aren't enough. Uh, facts are really hard things, and the facts don't back up these good intentions. They don't follow them up. Their goal uh, should be independence for people, but what it ends up being is dependence. They end up creating a dependency class, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But in many cases, that dependency class is the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's ascribing intentions to people which I don't like to do so I can I can make my argument just fine by saying that even good intention people are producing bad results by by putting the incentives in the wrong place by by discouraging success and even punishing success and encouraging that dependency and we can take a phone call we got plenty of time here okay uh KMMS good morning you're with Carl Graham what's up yeah hey I wanted to add to what you guys are talking about okay go ahead uh, let me turn the radio off here. Um, you know, the problem with the the, 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 the rich aren't paying enough taxes and this, this whole, you know, uh, class warfare thing is that, you know, there, there are certain very rich people um, who don't pay taxes. And a lot of them are, it's the crony capitalism, you know, the GEs of the world who, and and whoever else, Exxon Mobiles or, or Google, who, who are connected, cronies connected to the government. And they're the ones who, who you know, we see, in, you know, that they didn't pay five billion dollars or, or you know and then they get a tax break because they do green stuff and but they transfer that rich onto the everyday working rich um, or person who is successful and so when they raise taxes they don't get any more money from GE who we all left and right can agree you know need to pay their taxes and don't because they're connected to the government but the, but the rich guy the doctor the lawyer the successful businessman um, you know whoever the guy that makes a million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars his taxes go up, and he gets he gets um, penalized for for being successful, and and, and is is kept you know um, back from becoming maybe even more rich and super rich. And the super rich guys who we're all pissed off at still pay no taxes. Yeah, you know, that's true. If, if it goes from thirty six to forty or to seventy percent, GE is still going to pay no taxes because they're in bed with the government. You're absolutely right. And we've talked about this before, the problem of crony capitalism. Uh, We've talked about it in the context of campaign finance reform, where Mm -hmm. the money in politics, but the real problem is politics and money. And GE basically has had a business model of of seeking subsidies, uh, where they go out and they build things based on how much the government will pay them to build them, or how much they'll force people to consumers to consume their product, in the case of, uh, not with GE ethanol, but certainly in the case of solar energy and things like that. Like that. Gotcha. And that, that's a that, that's a great point. And they're the ones that are the problem. But that's a collusion between government and crony capitalists. Not right, right. And, and it's not just GE. I mean, it could be an oil company. It could be, it's, you know, well, it's, it's, it's could just, how about solar and wind? You know, right. when you look at renewable subsidies, right. when you look at ethanol subsidies, that is nothing but crony capitalism. And they, they're, they're cloaking it in good intentions, but all they're doing is paying off their campaign donors, and they're paying for the people who pay for access 
else. Right. And the idea, you know, I've always said you, the, the problem isn't politics and money, it's money and politics. Or the problem isn't money and politics, it's politics and money. If you reduce government's ability to pick winners and losers, there will be fewer people paying to be on the winners list and off the losers list. So, right. I mean, and that's what that's what's corrupted, you know, our capitalist system. I mean, free market capitalism works until you get into bed with government and government gets into bed with with certain corporations or businesses right. and then it all goes out the window and then they blame capitalism for, for not working and being so corrupt and what they bring in is the same cronyism um, just called something different I mean it's, it's so, what do you call it socialism or Marxism or fascism or corporatism or, or cronyism it's all the same it's big government in collusion with their friends um, and the rest of us just suffer and, and work like peons out here yeah and I'm going to I'm going to come up Kevin, Kevin I'm going to come up with a couple examples of that it's, yeah. it's a great point and we'll hit on that here um so back uh, back on here, um, the, the idea of intentions, the less heartbeat in the right place, but they're causing real harm if their goal is to help people. Um, 47, million American million, or 47 million Americans are on food stamps right now. That's, re- that's ridiculous. Uh, Charles Murray made this great point. He said, the tragedy of a $10 trillion welfare state isn't that it costs so much, but that it's bought so little. We haven't changed uh, poverty rates. Uh, we, we haven't done anything in the war on poverty since the 60s except spend trillions and trillions millions of dollars on it to little effect. And you can find other government policies where it's the same thing, where you double education spending with zero impact on outcomes, on, on test scores, on mm. on education levels, and that sort of thing. So that's this war on poverty is another example of that. So let's talk a little bit about what's fair. And here's we just brought up some companies that produce electricity from solar, wind, and ethanol uh, get and often waste billions of dollars. Uh, we think of Solyndra, think of uh, the battery companies that are sitting idle because people aren't buying uh, electric cars, they get billions of dollars in subsidies, while the oil and gas industries that provide 20 times as much energy, energy pay tens of billions in taxes. And, and yeah, they, they, they make large profits and, and they don't pay taxes on a lot of it, but they do pay billions in taxes if you look at them as an industry as a whole. Uh, fairness. Is it fair that people who work 40, 50, even 60 hours a week to make ends meet have to pay taxes to support unemployment unemployment insurance for, for people that haven't worked for two years? And is that setting up the right incentives for the people? People who haven't worked that long to continue to pay them and make government basically a, a competitor for labor. They're competing for that labor. Uh, is it fair that people who took out responsible mortgages and pay, make their payments each month on time uh, and make sacrifices to do that, tax those folks to subsidize people who acted recklessly, who, who were greedy, who in some cases even lied on their mortgage applications, uh, and, and now they can't afford to pay them? Uh, student loans is the next big bubble in that area where, unfortunately, students are encouraged to take out loans that they will just never be able to repay. Yep. And, and, it's gonna, and it's a tragedy to, to come out of college or not even to come out of college with tens of thousands of dollars in debt that you know you're never going to be able to pay off and you can't get rid of it either. Uh, is, it uh, is it fair that 20,000 people are waiting for jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline? And it's being held hostage by the radical environmental agenda. Uh, with banks, big banks got huge government subsidies because of bad decisions, and now smaller community banks are paying the price. They got no subsidies, and they're ha- they're closing down because they can't keep up with the compliance costs that are being put in place because of what the big banks did. Uh, is it fair that the richest three percent of taxpayers now pay more than the bottom ninety-seven percent, and they're constantly disparaged for not paying their fair share? Uh, richest ten percent of Americans pay a higher share of federal income taxes and the richest 10% do in any other industrialized nation.
situation and they say that, 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 that they're not paying their fair share, yet they're paying more than any other industrialized nation. Uh, the, three the three counties that have the highest per capita income in America today are all inside the Washington, D.C. metro area. <laughs> that's, the only pla that's the place that's growing the fastest in the country, both in terms of incomes uh, and every other measure of wealth. Uh, let's see. Um, Half the federal budget's going to come from young working people, and it's redistributed to old non-working people, which I'm getting close to myself. So Obamacare is a perfect example of that. It raises the premiums on young, healthy people so that it can lower the premiums for old, wealthy people. And nearly four out of uh, ten American pay, uh, households pay no federal income tax at all. They just don't have a stake in the game. So the point is here that free people are not free, or free people are not equal, and equal people are not free. If you're going to enforce equality, you have to stamp out freedom. And if you're going to be free, there are going to be unequal outcomes because people are different. They're endowed with different traits, different ambitions, different skills, different uh, different uh, talents, and everything else. Um, free people, though, are wealthier and healthier. Not equal, but free people are wealthier and healthier. Most uh, uh, the the most free countries in the world per capita income is twenty five thousand dollars. If you look at the least free countries in the world, it's five thousand uh, dollars. If you look at the most free uh, top ten free countries in the world, life expectancy is almost eighty years. The least free, it's less than sixty years. Mm. And so, free enterprise. Freedom uh, measured by some, you know, by a reasonable index results in greater lifespans, greater income. Uh, so it, it's fair to have a merit-based society. It's popular. Uh, it results in the greatest good for the most people. And really quickly, um, uh, there's two. There, there's a couple of books where you can get all the data you want for this and all the arguments you want. One of them is Arthur Brooks called The Battle, and the other one is called uh, is from Stephen Moore. It's called Who's the Fairest of Them All. And I'm going to give you a copy of the Stephen Moore one. Oh. I happen to have one right there that you can cool. use. It's got a lot of great data in it, but the real moral arguments are in the Arthur Brooks. I'm going to do a blog post later today where I'll, I'll put these up there and I'll put links to where you can get them. And if you want to go back further into the philosophy behind all this, so the, the Brooks and the and the Moore books are, are more kind of logical and data-driven arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you want the philosophy, you go back and read a short book uh, from the 19th century from Frederick Bastiat called The Law. lays out all of these arguments very clearly. You can read it in an evening. Uh, Frederick Hayek is another guy who's done a lot of work on this on how you can't have, how centralized planning doesn't work and can't work, uh, but uh, he's a little tougher to read, and if you want to get his arguments in a very readable format, uh, Hazlitt uh, Economics in One Lesson is a great book. Uh, again, one that you can read in a weekend, and uh, I'll, I'll post these up there, and you can get these arguments, and again, use them with your friends and, and just all these silly ideas that uh, that that people aren't, aren't equal, that the income inequality, the tax inequality, and all mm -hmm. that. Um, though that type of really light and interesting reading, at least maybe I'm kind of weird in that way, but interesting reading uh, <laughs> will give you those arguments that you don't have to sit there and take it. Right. You, you can argue back and make sense and hopefully get some conversation.